I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up, she says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up. She says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. Before we get started with this episode, I'd like to share with you a few announcements about what's going on in the Womb Centered Healing Temple which is an online space for womb-centered healing practitioners to collaborate and share the important work of womb-centered healing with the world. I'm Sama Morningstar, the founder of the Womb-Centered Healing Temple. I'd like to invite you to visit the Womb-Centered Healing Temple website at wombcenteredhealing.com. And there you can sign up to to receive the Womb Centered Healing Temple newsletter, which will send you an email notification every time there's a new podcast episode out. And you'll also receive notifications about blog posts. uh, And you'll also um, be notified when there's new events, courses, and things to, to look forward to. You can explore the website there and see a variety of online courses that are available to support your womb-centered healing journey. So I hope to see you there um, signing up for the newsletter and perhaps for some courses and events. And otherwise, until then, enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast and also to the Writing from the Womb podcast. Uh, It's very clear to me with our guest today that this will be an overlap episode uh, because we have Fia here today with us who um, had some folks reach out to me after listening to a previous episode of 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 this podcast. It was also an overlap episode with Maria Stark, who's a musician that some of you may know about. And um, Thea is also a musician and does her writing from this place of the womb, our creative center, um, and wanted to share about that. And it also, her writing and, and songs are very therapeutic 
and healing. So both writing from the womb and womb-centered healing were going to be part of our conversation for sure. So um, Pia, please introduce yourself more and share with us about your womb-centered healing journey and your writing from the womb journey. Hmm. Yes, thank you so much for having me here. So my name is Fia, Fia Forstrom, and uh, I'm a transformational artist and songwriter from Sweden. And um, what, what does that mean? People ask me sometimes, transformational songwriter. What is that? Well, is that I write songs that invites us to have a bigger view of life and of the universe. Um, these are songs that invites us to to look a little deeper within and to turn down the external noise and to amp up that often very subtle voice that resides within us. That voice, which is, I feel, is connected to our souls. And um, yeah, I've been writing music since I uh, found out that that was something I could do. <laughs> And um, it was in um, 2014 when I was going through a period of my life, which was very, it was very shifting. I moved places, I ended relationships, um, and I was in a place of personal identity crisis. Who am I? What do I want to do? And the music that I was writing wasn't really feeling like me anymore. So I went on this journey to figure out, okay, well, who am I then? And it brought me into um, conscious community. It brought me into circles of personal development and exploration. And it brought me into the world of womb healing, of sisterhood circles, of diving into the mysteries of the body, of the blood, um, and all of that. And when I started doing that, the way I wrote music changed. I was no longer writing from my head. I was allowing the wisdom of my body to have a voice and especially my womb. So that is, that is me in a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell, beautiful. So you kind of described um, what many people can relate to, but myself personally, that oftentimes life brings us to these moments where everything has to change. And some of the, the change happens because we make a choice and some of the change happens because things, you know, outside of ourselves are changing and then we're responding to those changes. And sometimes it can all seem to be happening all at once where suddenly we're in a different place, we're with different people, we're doing different work, and we're needing to respond to inner changes that are happening. And sometimes the outer changes are just reflections of those inner changes. And so I'm really curious to hear more about um, what was the experience when you were um, when you were discovering and realizing that your uh, 
your writing, your songs were coming from a different place. Can you describe that more? Like, what did it feel like? What was, could you get into the different quality of the words and the stories? Um, do you have a specific moment that you can describe what led up to that moment and what happened in that moment when you realized, oh, this is coming from a completely different place? Yeah. So I am... Um... Autumn 2015, I came home after a summer of intense communal living. I have been in the countryside of Sweden in this beautiful festival and core center, and I have been challenged on every level possible. And I have been um, cracked open to new levels of love in all ways possible. Um, for the first time, I I got a real sense of what it feels like to be co-creating and living with people who are also curious and who are doing their own internal work and who are um, choosing to show up in a different way in life than we might have been um, told that we're supposed to do. Um, so I had been in this pressure cooker and uh, in garden house, I see a garden house in front of me uh, for all these months. And I came home to a complete contrast. Mm. I was broke, did not have a job. I moved back in with my parents. I was 21 and I felt like a complete failure. So I sat there in my room in the dark and I reflected upon this very beautiful life-changing summer. And I was, I felt this as if I was in this in-between place. I can see now when I look back, I was in the, the goo phase of the butterfly right before. And I turned to the thing that I, one of the things that I know how to do best, which is to write music. And I picked up the guitar and I said, okay, what am I to write? And the words that came, the melodies felt so raw. And so I felt so naked when I sat there writing. I felt as if for the first time I was able to tap in to just a deeper level of truth. I was no longer caught in mental constructs of how it should sound or what I should write, which words I should choose. I was allowing the songs to really come without being there meddling in between. It felt pure, it felt clean, it felt very clear. And when I wrote them, I cried, I sobbed. So I realized that as I was writing, I was healing myself and I felt the power of them. Um, so that was one of the, the really pivotal moments when I realized, okay, something, something is shifting here. I had reached a new part of me that activated a new level of songwriting of creative process. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and I love how this arose out of this experience of living in community, mm. which, and the contrast of it coming home and to your family home mm. and 
realizing, and I've had this experience too, of going and having this different experience and then coming back and realizing, oh, there's so many things missing here that mm -hmm. I might not have even realized were missing until having experienced them, you know, and I knew I was hungry for them, but I didn't know how to create them. And here they were, and now I'm hungry for them again. And having tasted them once, oh, ouch, right? <laughs> now the right, totally keen, right? And so then how do we go from the, you know, the single family home model of society where we're so isolated and I don't know, it might be different in, than what I'm describing in where your family live, but here in the United States, um, it's very isolative and you might have a whole bunch of homes in a neighborhood, but you don't know your neighbors, you don't commune with your neighbors, you don't have events with your neighbors, you certainly don't sit around and, and have meals together and have and create events or artistic work or do spiritual practices together, like I'm assuming you may have experienced in your um, garden house community that you described. I've, I've been a, a devoted participant in communities of that nature for my whole life. So I know how it, uh, it sounds very familiar what you're describing of, you know, getting to being together with a group of people that are wanting to you know meet the hunger for that kind of communion that is so sorely lacking in that other single family isolated um, experience and of society that's most of society at least where i live is based on and i'm pretty sure that's that's true elsewhere as well some world traveling and that seems to be the general model and this model of coming together with and creating um, uh, a more intimate community where you're intentionally choosing to all um, have a different agreed upon reality and uh, and uh, way of relating Mm -hmm. perhaps a focus on you know like I've been in communities where the focus was on a certain spiritual practice or on an, uh, the possibility of creating a, an event together for example mm. where there's a common goal or a common philosophy I've been in communities where it was all about nonviolent communication and group decision making um, mm. where anything where we were working on a project together and the decisions were made through consensus and, mm. all, and all where everyone has has to agree and all of these things um, were things that we hadn't experienced in our family homes and had to learn a whole bunch of new skills and have a huge amount of growth in order for what we were trying to do to even work it like mm -hmm. required us to, to grow into that and so I'm um, it sounds like that contrast was was very revelatory for you and that your music and your writing uh, arose in that moment of realizing the gifts you'd received and then now what? How do I stay connected to this and bring this into the rest of the world that's still in this other isolated um, 
state of of human starvation you know starvation for humanity for our humanity uh, how do we, how do we infuse this medicine into the rest of the world that's a question i would be asking in your circumstance i'm not sure if you were asking that question but i imagine mm -hmm. that that your music may have been part of that question or been the answer even if you weren't asking that question to that knowing your music you're here you are putting it out into the world it seems like it, this was a way of transmitting that you, you became a, a transmitter of that wisdom to yourself so that you weren't you didn't have to be in that community but you could still be exploring that but then also to transmit that to the world and i'm curious about what um if there was a moment in all of this when you and perhaps a different moment in a different part of the process when you recognize this the importance of the womb mm -hmm. and how it was connected to your actual biological womb processes your menstrual cycle perhaps um perhaps if you had a journey with pregnancy sexuality children giving birth any of that or the you know just the menstrual cycle itself mm -hmm. um anything like that if you can make a connection to something that shifted in your relationship there or awoke up in your way in your relationship with your womb in all of these changes for you mm, absolutely yeah so i got a taste of sisterhood that summer I sat in sister circles, I sat in women's councils, I sat in spaces with people who identified as women. And that was the first time that I experienced the healing power that naturally just spirals out of the earth when we gather in circle, I see the, the spiral. And this was, it came in bits and pieces. So that summer was like a catalyst. And then I, I met a teacher here and I met a friend here who said, come, follow me, come and be part of this event. And I started uh, to explore tantric sexuality. So working with sexual energy, how to circulate it in my own body, how to, um, how to focus and direct it into creative projects. Um, but the biggest thing, was when I got the call after many years on the road living nomadically, um, I noticed that my menstrual cycle was really off. It was irregular and I had really painful periods. And I also started having problem with like chronic yeast infections and those kinds of things. And at the time I was, when that happened, I had the awareness and I became curious but I didn't really understand why this was happening. It's not until afterwards I can see that the way I live my life was not really supportive and nourishing. So for me, all my, all my problems with infections came from all the stress, came from all the pressure that I put on myself. When I worked really hard on some studio projects and was not sleeping well, was not eating, um, and then I, I came to a point where I had enough. 
where I was fed up with not being able to know when when my period was gonna come and like feeling like dreading it because it's is it gonna be debil- debilitating pain am I gonna be able to to go to work to do even though I'm an entrepreneur a creative I was still like very I had not yet found a feminine way of doing my business um so I came to a point where I had enough and I I just said okay I need a home I need a base. I'm sick and tired of living out of my suitcase. I don't feel my roots. I'm just floating and sure things are moving and a career is growing and it's great. But inside there's something that's off and it's taking expression through my through this part of my body, through my creative center. Um and I said to him, my partner said, "Hey, I want to get a home now. Do you want to do that with me? And he was like, okay. He's been traveling for many years before he met me. And he was really in the, in the free flowing. um, uh, Yeah. In the nomadic lifestyle really suited him, but he felt the, the weight of me asking that. And he said, all right, let's do that. So we began to listen and we realized that, okay, we want to we wanna set down roots in Sweden, where I'm from, and uh, started looking and feeling into. And as I had opened that door of coming back to the north, I, I started getting these messages from my intuitive self that's saying, fear. I'm calling you home now. I'm like, who is calling me home? (laughs) The earth. I'm calling you home. I'm calling you home and I'm calling you home to the north. I need you to dig down here. I need you to reconnect with the medicine that lies in this land. I need you to come home. And I heard priestess. And I'm like, okay, what do you mean? Sure, I had a I had a sense of what a priestess was, because I have many uh, beautiful humans in my circles who are dedicated to the priestess path, but I did not feel connected to that. I was like, I'm a musician. Okay, that's what I do. Sure, I write music that is transformational, but priestess just a really big. But that brought me on the search for, okay, is there any, is there any teachers here in the North? Are there any trainings, any programs, someone who can tell me what this priestess thing is about? And sure enough, I found a beautiful um, woman here in her sixties named Anya Munai, who uh, initiates and teaches um, the priestess arts. So, that was like one of those another pivotal moments when I uh, reconnected, a dot fell into place. And that set me off on a two year journey in a sister of, in a circle of 16 sisters. Um, yeah, we journeyed together deep. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and so how, could you 
orient us on the timeline of when all this was happening in relation to this experience that you had that one summer in that community? Yeah, okay. So the community summer was 2015. Okay. And that just sent me off. Um, I found the priestess training in 2000. I started it in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I graduated in May last year. And was and, and I'm really curious how this settling in at a home, which I imagine you'd found a home before you start while you were starting this priestess training or perhaps before mm -hmm. somewhere in Sweden with your partner um, and started setting in roots and then and then, you know, got involved in the priestess training. I'm curious two things. Um, what how did you see this affecting your menstrual cycle? What changes did you start to notice? And what were some of the practices that you feel were, were central to those changes that you started to learn how to do besides, you know, settling in, in home and mm -hmm. all that went with that? Maybe there are some aspects of that that you feel could answer this question, but also mm -hmm. as you're getting into your priestess training, what were some of the practices that you felt also contributed to healing around your menstrual cycle. Hmm. Yeah, so the first thing I noticed was that when I found a place to call home, somewhere to lay my hat, somewhere to put my feet, bare feet on the ground, I noticed how it started to regulate, like it became uh, 27, 28 days before we could really shift, it could be uh, shorter than that or very long. Um, it also became less painful. I was, I didn't have to take um, any medication for the cramps. I was able to, to handle them and they decreased as well. Um, and the priestess training, I think this is where I really connected to my womb. This was the first time where I had a conversation with her, where I engaged in listening and talking. I, I felt this, I felt, how to describe it? This part of my body, my womb, had just been like this, this mystery space, and it still is, but it was a place that I knew nothing about. And I wasn't even, I never dropped my awareness into my womb. It was just, okay, this is where a baby will grow one day, perhaps, like that. During the priestess training, I started, for example, giving my blood to the earth as an offering, like, thank you. Thank you for this gift. I love you. Like putting my hands on the earth, you know, getting out there, putting my body on the body of the great mother and like feeling that, feeling my womb connected to the womb of the earth. And these were all concepts that I had heard, but never truly felt. 
And during this time in training, I got an embodied experience of what it feels like to, to be connected to the earth. Mm. And uh, when I entered into that, that, that relationship with her, I started noticing more magic in my life, more flow. I, I became more curious of, okay, how can I listen deeper to myself, to others, to her? And I started to restructure the way I work. Now I work around my menstrual cycle. I, uh, when I do a yearly plan for my business, it is in uh, with it's time with the seasons. Like now I'm in winter here. It's touching up on spring, but like I've been in hermit mode. I've been doing podcasts, interviews, you know, the writing in the summers, it's touring, you know, to really learn how to honor and hone my energy and to tap into the particular magic that is found in every uh, facet of of my cyclical nature yeah beautiful and was this something that in your priestess training you really were given tools and the, the, you know the, the priestess training you know give you the training that you needed to connect with the womb specifically yeah yes. so that was included in the priestess training beautiful Yes. And you were able to do that with the support of other uh, priestesses in training. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And was that an in-person program in 2018? Yes. Uh-huh. So you were mm -hmm. meeting on a regular basis. And for how long did you have those that, that process? We So during two years, we met a total of eight times, eight weekends, so Friday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, in between there, we were communicating online and sharing our processes and we have practices that we were to do. Um, yeah, really powerful. Um, I think one of, the, one of the biggest, biggest tools that I got that, is, that I use every single day was learning how my womb can transform and can transmute any energy. This part of my being is absolutely magical and also super practical. <laughs> so I learned how um, um, there was a shamanic approach to this training. So I learned how to eat heavy energy. I asked my womb, eat all this heavy energy and let's give it back to the earth as a blessing because to her, it is simply energy. So with that intention, I started to, anything that I might be carrying, but especially in my womb, I, on a daily basis, started doing energetic practices to just clear of any gunk that was in the way and to invite more of me. Mm -hmm. And did you learn any um, kind of, um, well, I would say herbal practices where you were using plants or perhaps um, uh, using water or earth. I know you already talked about giving your blood to the earth, but there's quite a few very, uh, uh, you know, deeply developed practices that I'm curious if you explored 
um, mm. according the health of your menstrual cycle, uh, because you know that energetic practice of digesting emotional patterns or heavy energies energetically and releasing them is also, you know, can there's a mirror of that process in the the cycles, the physical biological cycles of the womb of mm-hmm. you know receiving nourishment and actually uh, absorbing that nourishment from the body and mm. and also you know receiving perhaps even things that the body is wanting to release mm. through the cleansing cycle of the womb through the bleeding and so mm. and there are wonderful um, ways through herbs to facilitate and nourish and fortify that process to create more ease and flow in the menstrual cycle. And so I'm curious if you learned any methods that involved herbs or water rites that, that were supportive to you in the, in the biological processes of the womb. Mm. We did not go super deep into herbal work. Um, so my, the, we did not receive as many initiations and practices there. Uh, more like a general knowledge of uh, some plants that are specifically great for us women. Um, I know them in Swedish. I don't know them in English. (laughs) Um, Do you know their Latin names? I don't know. Yeah, so that was not a a super big part. but you did have some, and and did you did you make did you make teas with those? Lots of teas, and we we and we got to like learn how to make tinctures and um and like uh, uh, incense blends that we can burn in our space. And um, I know one the one that I know the name of in English that we worked a lot with was the ladies' mantle. I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. That's one big, and uh, we worked a lot with the rose as well. Mm-hmm. Classic, yeah, my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, it sounds like, uh, and if there were more that you did learn about besides those two, um, but you just don't know their names in English, and that mm-hmm. you were making teas and tinctures and incense blends, that sounds to me like a fairly in-depth introduction to Mm. herbal womb wisdom and um, you know just because you didn't get certified as a clinical herbalist yeah (laughs) in your program doesn't mean you didn't really um dive into herbs i mean in my apprenticeship program um we have a perhaps more in-depth herbal womb wellness segment of the program Mm where we but and then throughout the program we're making teas and incense blends that have that kind of spiritual energetic as well as biological um, support for existing mm. practices the mystical practices that we're doing around the womb um, mm. but a more in-depth segment where you're really learning about um, how the biological and energetic um, aspects of the womb interrelate and how mm. how 
specific herbs and specific herbal practices like vaginal steaming, for example, mm. can, can really support greater and greater biological womb wellness, but also emotional and spiritual healing around the womb. Um, mm. You know, as and that that program is sort of can be embedded in this longer priestess program, but can also be in and of itself as a separate program. So, mm -hmm. so, so, but I feel like even without that more in depth part of my program, that the um, the herbs of you know just incorporating teas, putting bouquets of herb herbs on the on the altar or yeah. you know, burning the herbs for you know incense or mm. fumigation yeah the space all of that all the ceremonial uses of herbs but teas i mean teas and tinctures are like so potent um, mm -hmm. so it sounds like yeah did you ever use were you using any essential oils or anointing oils in your program did you did you learn how to make to infuse herbs into oils and use oils in anointing or self-massage or anything like that no those are things that i've discovered on my own um there were some things that we did were a lot of was surrounded by ceremonial work and um, bringing back ourselves into our body, reclaiming, reconnecting. And that was, it was that. And then it was a lot of focus on the Nordic goddesses that we had here. So lots of goddess work. Um, did yeah. You, did you work with any divination with the runes or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, we did. The runes. Um, the tarot, um, but also um, just in, intuitively learning how, how does my intuitive language work and how, uh, how do I receive information and how do I convey that. And uh, we work also with the divination practice of Seid, of Seid which is the, uh, when um, it's the old Nordic way of going into trance and receiving information. Mm. Um, it is the work of the, how do you say this in English? It's so, it's so beautiful because it's vulva, which is very close to vulva. Mm -hmm. So the vulva is an ancient seeress mm -hmm. and she is the one who travels and she has a staff which represents the sexual energy, the snake. And she, uh, what happens is that she activates this energy within herself with the help of community who either chants or drums. And she has an anchor, um, an anchor person next to her who helps her to hold uh, the root into the earth. And then she consciously chooses to travel wherever she desires to travel and to uh, convey wisdom, information, prophecy. Uh, yeah, this was a, a really big part. This came in year two. It is a really uh, deep practice, um, but it's incredible. Yeah. I went to a, a, just a introductory storytelling training 
about the vulvas uh, in England when I was in Glastonbury. And mm. one aspect of that that I learned then that I'm curious about was um, this aspect of um, uh, the purpose of helping the community like have healthier crops yes and have healthier livestock mm. and have healthier relationships and yes. have healthier births mm. and supporting the death process so there's this uh like being able to um have that energy flow through the womb and through the body from mother earth and receive yes. that wisdom. And what I heard you talking about was this aspect of being able to travel uh, in the spirit realms and receive wisdom and guidance. And mm. that might be a part of this other aspect, uh, but it also doesn't have to be a part of this other aspect of just simply channeling that energy through the body to mm -hmm its healing power and to reconnect where things might be disconnected in a community mm -hmm. so that communities would call upon these um, vulva practitioners or yep. they were just called vulva uh, if I'm probably saying it incorrectly I I, I just no, it's right vulva. But, mm. Um, mm. they would call upon the communities would call them and they would travel around and do this ceremony to reconnect um, yeah. the the people with their gardens with their fields with the the growing things in their community mm. that they relied upon for sustenance yeah. and for healing and and you know if there was a, a community that was having trouble with that they would call with any of those things with livestock having an illness or you know that that the volvas would be called upon to to help make that those connections again through the womb and you know, the woman that I learned about it from was trying to make sure that we all knew that it, she wasn't saying vulva, she was saying vulva. And I'm like, it's the same. <laughs> and what you're describing is like, exactly that. So why? I mean, I understand why trying to make that distinction, but it's very clear that it's this womb centered, mm. life regenerating power so yeah of course it's both yeah. you know? <laughs> totally yeah she came and she was always very well welcome she was respected and loved um and just like you said she had um she had the ability to bring balance and to see where things were off and to bring just as you said the wisdom of of what needs to be corrected and also some things that needed to be added or simply just that reestablishment of um, of synergy between human and earth, human and animal, uh, human to human. And uh, people were, if, if, if a village had a vulva living there, they were incredibly blessed. Mm. But most often she would travel and she would often have an apprentice with her. So it could be, for example, like a grandma and a granddaughter um, or a grandma and a daughter. Um, and she was wealthy. She was well, she was beautifully dressed. People gave, she gave her uh, clothing and uh, 
jewelry and always made sure that she was cared for uh, because she held this uh, she held space for this power. She held space for uh, the I, I say the goddess to speak through her and to see okay what 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 is needed here right now. How do we nourish life? And yeah. so I'm curious: is this tradition still taking place? Is this an unbroken lineage? in Sweden and other Nordic countries or were the vulvas persecuted um, and, and wiped out like they like similar practitioners and mm, people were in other area in other places in Europe? I've heard a little shifting stories here. Um, part of it I've heard that it's gone under underground and it's like a little, some have heard that they, they got burned as witches at, you know, when it came to that. Um, as today, I, 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 from my own knowledge, there is no, the lineage has been broken and people are now reconnecting and reclaiming. And it's happening a little bit here, a little bit there. And I would say that it's growing. I hear more people talk about it and it's being practiced more. Um, but it's, um, it's not super big as from my view. Yeah. 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 Well, here we are. And I, and it's not complete news to me. Right. Of my, right. And, uh, whereas probably most people that you talk to, it is complete news, but now it might be more and more people have already heard of this when you share yeah. about it. Um, so mm. you can track how that's growing beautiful and so did you receive some kind of did you just receive an introduction or did you receive a whole initiation for yourself mm -hmm. yeah so during these two years the first year was focused on uh, healing your history and owning your story so coming like going through the whole year just recollecting yourself so that you could enter into year two with focus on space holding, focus on uh, creating and holding ceremony and, and going deeper with the goddesses. Um, so when it comes to the Seder, um, the biggest vulva we have in our in mythology is Freya. Mm -hmm. um, so when we, when we were working with her, uh, um, we were we were in ceremony and meeting different aspects of her as a mother as a lover as a warrioress and then as the vulva um, so the first year we got a little taste we got to see our teacher uh, practice the seder to just be in that field uh, it was during um, uh, i think it's i think many people call it sawain um so the beautiful time for doing extra magical deep work um and then in year two we got to practice that a whole weekend and uh after having done all this work in our wombs our wombs were activated our wombs were awake and alive and to be able to do practice the seder you need to have a womb that you're connected to because you're working with that energy. So 
we were initiated in circle and got to practice together, which was incredible, both to uh, be the one who was the vulva and also to be an anchor to, to, uh, uh, to anchor and root your sister while she is working. And the, uh, often you have the anchor who also ask questions to the vulva. And it's also the anchor who like um, very humbly and with lots of respect, like welcomes uh, whoever it is that is uh, stepping in and talking through the vulva and all of that. So it's a very, very powerful process. Yeah, very exciting and fun too. Yeah, <laughs> and so since that part of the training, have you, do you have people that you do this practice with ongoing? I don't, I wish I had. Mm -hmm. uh, my priestess sisters are very scattered all around Sweden. Um, I did have one time this summer uh, where it was, it was, a, it was a weekend that focused on herbal magic and sated. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then I, then we did that with, I did that with strangers. Uh, and it was, I would say it was more powerful when I did it with the circle that I've been journeying with for two years. Yeah. Um, I wish to have that kind of um, ongoing circle again. Yeah, I wish to create that. Anyone in your group organizing reunions and coming back together to practice together again? I would think that after be spending two years together, that, mm -hmm. that, that would feel quite a loss. Mm-hmm not be meeting regularly with mm -hmm. I'm curious if anybody has talked about hey let's I mean I, I always long for that when I go through something with a group of people you know and have tried my best to cultivate that it's hard to sustain yeah. it's hard to sustain though if the main mm -hmm. isn't facilitating that yeah I think that that's the thing um I feel that it, it might be coming and I'll be happy uh, when it comes. And I also feel that I might be the one who's like, hey. Um, but it's also interesting, like when you journey together um, for so long, it's like, it's both a blessing. Uh, it's, both, it's both sad and happiness when you depart from each other, because you've been like, you've been rubbing against each other and you're like you're really close but it's also okay i need some space right. i need some space but when the time is the time is you know right right so you're mm -hmm. birthed into the world now and yes and <laughs> you're no longer in that womb of of apprenticeship and and learning together and you're all birthed out to your separate yeah. places but maybe there's a family reunion on the horizon anyway i yeah mm -hmm. Well, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing so much of this intimate journey of, of priestess initiation with us. I think it's, you know, there's so many, I mean, I've seen five day priestess initiations and then people feel like they've, you know, and, and that's, that's one level of, of course, being initially introduced into that, but to hear about a more in-depth um, approach my program is 13 months and people mm. are encouraged to repeat the process and, and yeah. there's an additional aspect of becoming, you know, learning how to um, share it, share with others. 
And mm. I love this idea of having two years where the first whole year is about um, focusing on your own personal healing and growth. And then the second year as when you really start to develop. So I love hearing mm. about um, how these models or how people, different teachers um, set up these, these processes. So thank you so much. And, and just to, as we're closing out here, I know that uh, maybe you can share just a little bit about how I'm sure all of this continued to influence your music, which it seems to me like your music is your way of priestessing in the world. And perhaps you do it sometimes in a more ceremonial way than others. Perhaps you do some performances that aren't as ceremonial, but you bring that aspect to it. So I'd love, and then your writing process as, as well may sometimes be more of a personal healing and more of a, some, a gift to the world or perhaps a little bit of both. I'd love for you to share just a little bit about how all of that influenced your writing and your music. Yes. Oh, you you really said it. My my musicianship and being an artist is my priestessing. And I realized that the concerts I give are more or less ceremonial. Um, I always before I go on stage, I set my intention, I, I set the field. Um, I, I, <laughs> I do so many things. And it wasn't until I had taken this year, uh, this long journey of being initiated into the priestessing that I realized, oh, oh, all right. Oh, I was doing that all along. Now I have like a context and a, a deeper understanding of how to do it even more effectively. And I really, I, it has, connected me deeper to the understanding that this is how I serve when I write music it is for my own healing but it also is to be shared that is holds medicine for someone out there and my job is to make it accessible and just send it out with the greatest love and it is more and more the more I write It's just, it's from this deep well, <laughs> the well in my womb. And when I sing, I sing from my womb. I allow the earth to sing through me. I allow the goddess to sing through me. And that, that it becomes a different quality that is felt. I feel it. And many others feel it too, because it is beyond this, it is beyond a mental level, it's beyond a perfection level. It is real, it is raw, it is nature. And this whole priestess journey here in Sweden on these lands also opened up my Swedish songwriting again. I, and I started writing chants, a uh, chance to sing in circle, chants to uh, give to people who want a tool in their in on their own journey to open their voices. I I I I got to learn about the connection between the yoni, the womb, and the voice. You know this whole channel, and how how it's all connected. Um, 
I'm not the expert on that, but I feel it. And I, and I, and it's just, just the awareness of, of how, how it's all part of a circle. <laughs> yeah, I feel myself being very exciting and becoming a little spacey when I talk about it because it's so, it's so big and at the same time, very yeah. here, <laughs> here. <Yep. laughs> it's quite an awakening journey. Thank you so much for sharing. So uh, I can really feel you, your um, passion and mm. love for this process coming through mm. in the sound of your voice. I feel an awakening inspiration in me and I'm sure our listeners um, will feel that as well. Of, of just the connectedness that you're sharing about and and this um yeah all the things that you said I, without repeating it I can just I can feel it in my body so thank you so much for sharing all that so what are you doing uh with I know there were different things happening in Sweden around the global pandemic so mm. it sounds like you were still able to go and do in-person tours this last year in 2020. And are you planning on doing so again in the summer in 2021? Or what, what are, how are things going for you there in Sweden and elsewhere in Europe? And, you know, what are your travels looking like? And are you mm. doing anything online for those yeah. of us who do have travel restrictions in the world? Um, mm -hmm. still going on uh, could you speak about that a little bit that leading up to telling people how they can get in touch with you I know we can find you on Spotify but um, uh, but can you share about you know how that is what what's going on what are you what are you offering yeah so with the global pandemic um, concerts were not happening last year um, here in Sweden, our restrictions were changing all the time. The same with Europe. And this year, um, nobody knows. <laughs> so I hope that I can play concerts this fall, winter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, as soon as travel is possible and touring is possible, I will go to all the places I usually go. I travel to Europe and I travel to the US as well. Um, but as of now, I'm in my cocoon writing on the new album. And uh, that's very exciting. Um, I don't know when it's going to be done, but there will be some singles this spring. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if you're curious about me and the music, you can go to fiasmusicofficial.com. And there you have all the songs and all the songbooks. And uh, this is Fia Music is my handle on both Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. So yeah, follow along. So it seems like the music itself, each song perhaps even, and each album becomes this ceremonial practice that someone can enter into simply by listening, uh, even in a, in a digital format. Um, mm -hmm. And per perhaps I'm imagining those who have an awareness of how to create ceremonial space for themselves can enhance that experience by doing some of those practices while listening or playing your music while doing um, while doing uh, meditations or movement mm -hmm. meditations and things like that. So I want to encourage 
um, listeners, I've been experimenting with that with some of your songs myself, actually, <laughs> including the, your songs in my dance playlist, my ceremonial dance and movement playlists and things like that. So it's lovely. So thank you once again so much for joining us here on the Womb Centered Healing uh, podcast and the Writing from the Womb podcast. Um, listeners also know that if you want to learn more about the Womb Centered Healing Temple, you can go to wombcenteredhealing.com and learn about um, uh, upcoming events and things like that. Um, also, actually, for upcoming events, the best place to go is Eventbrite. Uh, to, and search for Womb Centered Healing Temple uh, on the Eventbrite website. And then come to the wombcenteredhealing.com if you want to sign up for the newsletter. And there you will get announcements about uh, upcoming events on the newsletter, um, as well as a, a free womb listening MP3 meditation recording when you sign up for the newsletter. So look forward to um, seeing, hearing from you all. If you have any questions about this, um, reach out to Fia if you want to learn more about uh, her music or listen to some of it and go into that ceremonial space. All right. Thank you so much. That's all for now. Until next time.